This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. So what's Thomas Griffin better at other than golf? Running a SaaS business. Uh, Even shifting from plugins to SaaS is something that uh, Thomas has seen himself go through in the last few years. And I've had him on a few times on the show before, and it was all about sort of his plugin business and sort of how he optimized that. Um, He's another one, like a Brad Tunard, who's very analytical, sort of looking at all of the ebbs and flow of business, user interaction, marketing, uh, requests for features and functions, that kind of thing, and really sort of tying it all in and distilling everything down uh, into a great product at the end of the day. Super excited to have him back on the show. Super excited to have Corey and Sam talk to him. Again, if you love what we're, what we're doing here, go ahead in iTunes, leave a five-star review. Really appreciate it. And as always, subscribe, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Let's talk to Thomas. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms was the first commercial plugin I ever purchased for my agency, and I've been a loyal customer ever since. When I see the annual renewal charge come through for Gravity Forms, I don't cringe or second guess keeping it in our toolkit. I'm a proud customer. Gravity Forms is not only a great example of a successful WordPress product, but a product that helps me become successful at what I do. See, it's more than just forms. It's a survey tool. It's an online payment transaction. It's the cornerstone to automated marketing through their Zapier add-on, and the list goes on. If you're looking for a contact form that's more than a contact form, check out Gravity Forms at gravityforms.com. That's gravityforms.com. Sam here with my co-host Corey, and we have Thomas Griffin from Optin Monster joining us. So thanks for joining us, Tom. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here today. Cool. So we wanted to discuss with you shifting from a plugin to a SaaS model. So just a brief outline: how the decision was made, what you were hoping to accomplish by switching to SaaS, how that's affected your business and how you were able to change your pricing model specifically, and then how spreading beyond WordPress has 
affected the business? And finally, what would you do differently if you were doing it all over again? So that's kind of the basic outline and we'll see how much we stick to that. But first, uh, can you provide a quick summary of Optin Monster and what your role is there? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm happy to do that. Uh, so I am a, a partner uh, and co-founder at Optin Monster. Um, generally speaking, I'm the CTO at Awesome Motive, um, which is a company that um, houses the brand Optin Monster in particular. Um, but yeah, so uh, my business partner, Syed, who runs WP Beginner, uh, is pretty well known in the WordPress space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started Optin Monster. Uh, we originally got together in January of 2013 to discuss the idea uh, and then kind of put together a, a plan, an outline of what we wanted to do. Uh, and then later in that year in September is when we officially launched it as a WordPress plugin. So that's, so, that's kind of the, the basic gist. I feel like Optin Monster is an OG. It was only 2013 that you launched? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was 2013. We, Syed and I originally met in 2012 at WordCamp Atlanta. Uh, we, we chatted there. I was in the process of creating a different product, uh, Soliloquy, um, and uh-huh. he, he was interested in partnering with me then, and I uh, foolishly did not listen to him or partner with him <laughs> at the time. So, you know, you don't get many second chances in life, but I did get this one. Uh, and so uh, we got together and met again at WordCamp Raleigh later that year, and we decided we wanted to work together on something. So that's when we met up and uh, started discussing the idea behind OptinMonster. Cool, cool. So uh, OptinMonster used to be a WordPress plugin, um, and it was managed entirely inside your WordPress dashboard but recently, what was it, about a year ago? Maybe a mm-hmm. little bit more, give or take. Yeah, I don't, was, I'm not sure. It was uh, around April 2015, so not quite not quite two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, okay. Um, you made the switch to a SaaS platform. So give us like a, an overview of that decision and what you were hoping to accomplish and what your concerns were. Yeah, so when we originally got together uh, in January of 2013, our idea was actually to do a SaaS. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to, to go to everybody um, and, and have it available for everybody. But at the time, neither of us really had the knowledge or experience of what it meant to be uh, a SaaS platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody was really doing this at the time in WordPress uh, other than Happy Tables uh, from Human Made. Uh, and so we were kind of, you know, wondering in the dark on it. And so we started putting together some stuff, had some ideas. Uh, and, you know, about a month before, out, you know, we decided we were going to launch, uh, tested it out on WP Beginner and List25, which are two very highly trafficked and heavily trafficked sites. Uh, and we could not figure out how to make it scale uh, at all. Hmm. And it was just a disaster. And we thought, oh, no, what, what, what are we going to what are we going to do? Um, but fortunately, we had built the SaaS on WordPress, and so uh, data portability was very easy, and we already had a lot of the stuff already set up for it. So it took about three weeks or so, imported it into a plugin, and then released it as a plugin. So you know, it was it was by it was by 
accident, really, or necessity, whichever one you want to call it, that we actually launched as a WordPress plugin. You know, we we had invested eight, nine months into this thing, and we didn't want to just see it go to waste. Uh, and we knew we had a had a had a good idea, uh, something that could be could do well in the market. And so we thought, well, we know WordPress, we know how to do a WordPress plugin. I'd already had experience with that stuff before with Soliloquy. Uh, you know, I already knew how to set up the payment systems and licensing and, you know, all the other type of infrastructure that you need for a product. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we decided to put it together and we got it launched. And yeah, that's that's kind of how, how we uh, got started into the WordPress plugin. So it was more out of necessity than by design. Gotcha. So was the, uh, the plugin, so you, you, you built an app, it sounds like, uh, mm-hmm. which means integrated technology to then roll it over into WordPress. Was it still talking back to, to the app, to that original technology or, or were you able to make it completely self-contained as a WordPress plugin? No, it, it was completely self-contained. And again, part of that was because it was already built on WordPress. And so, uh, even though it was an app itself, it still had a lot of the pieces of WordPress in it. And so it was very easy to just kind of pick up and port things over. You really, all we had to do was register, uh, you know, register a custom menu item and some pages, uh, inside of the WordPress area. But most mm-hmm. of the rest of it, uh, was mostly the same, uh, you know, as far as the WordPress piece was concerned. So in that regard, uh, it wasn't terribly tough to get, you know, integrated, and, and the stuff that we had built in uh, that was app-specific, we were just able to port over and drop in into the plugin. So really the only thing we had to do as far as connecting to, the, to our site was license verification, which gotcha. for me, that was pretty easy because I'd already built that with Soliloquy and had it tested and kind of knew how the process worked. So mm-hmm. that made it pretty easy. Yeah, so you started with the idea of SaaS, then you s- switched to plugin, but then... Within two years, you were you were back on SaaS. So, yes. were you like developing the SaaS in in the meantime? And like, um, what? I guess what were the roadblocks that you overcame in order to switch it back to that SaaS model that you had originally intended? Yeah. So you know so. We launched it as a WordPress plugin uh, and receive a lot of really good feedback from it. Uh, a lot of great feedback. Uh, people loved it from the start. Uh, you know, we instantly, even from the first couple months, we knew we had a hit and something that was going to do well. And so we we just continued to refine what we had uh, and we're learning from customers about what they were asking and what they wanted to do. And as time grew on, you know, so we get through 2014 and we're working through it, it just became very apparent that we continued to get people asking for refunds because they thought they could use it on their non-WordPress site. <laughs> and and we kept thinking, all right, you know, like I feel like that's pretty clear on the pricing page. We looked through that. We were looking through the questions and all that stuff. We're, you know, making it clear, hey, this is just a WordPress-only product. But the demand for to use it outside of WordPress continued to grow. And, mm-hmm. and so it got to a point where, um, our pre-sale inquiries are all of these things. Uh, it was something like a third of our pre-sale requests were asking to be able to use it on a non-WordPress site. Wow. Um, and so we thought, I mean, gosh, there's so many people asking for this. Um, it would, 
really benefit us if we listened to them and actually figured out how to implement it. Um, And so we started those talks of figuring out, okay, let's figure out all the stuff that we need to do to make this into an app. And then let's figure out how we can scale it. Because at this point we have no choice. We're going to have to figure out how to scale this Mm -hmm. Um, because that was going to be a way for us as well to differentiate our product. Uh, And so we, we started the process of converting it over into uh, back into a SaaS application uh, and eventually, and I'm not quite sure how the conversation happened. It might have happened at a Pressnomics um, where we got in touch with Pagely, uh, you know, and, and Pagely uh, at the time had started or had begun the move um, upstream mm-hmm. into enterprise. And so we were, um, I know we weren't, you know, the first big customer they had, but we were one of the first, you know, big customers like this to do a SaaS application. Uh, and they really wanted to work with us. You know, they wanted to work with us to battle test their platform to, you know, to to see how it could work and scale. And so we partnered with them um, so they would handle our server infrastructure and our hosting infrastructure. Oh, nice. And so that, uh, that really helped uh, to be able to leverage their experience. Um, Josh and the team at Pagely were fantastic working with us, uh, figuring out how exactly our app worked. Uh, what we needed to do to make sure to scale, because at this point, when we go to an app, you know, we had, we had grown, uh, and you know, it's not like it was just starting from scratch with nobody, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. we, we had a reputation now and we have to uphold it. So we have to make sure we do these, do this stuff right. Uh, and so talking with them, figuring out strategies of how we're going to implement this, um, what it's going to look like to scale, how we're going to handle caching, you know, what type of policies will we put in to do that? Uh, to make sure that when we go live with this thing, it's not like, you know, a constant something's down, got to be fixing something, all that. And to their credit, from the time that we launched, um, even until today, I think we've maybe only had two or three issues. You're jinxing yourself. Be careful. <laughs> they they have been they have been fantastic. Um, and, and any issue that that did come up, they were immediately on it, looking at it, getting it taken care of. Um, and, and it amounted to very, very minimal uh, interruption uh, of the service. Um, and so it, it's been, we, we were very fortunate to be able to partner with them uh, and, and just have them and their knowledge and expertise on just hosting infrastructure and what it looks like to scale. And, and so that, uh, that piece, once that finally came together, uh, you know, again, we knew we had a, had a product that people liked. So when that all stuff, all of that stuff came together, we were able to launch, uh, about April, 2015. Nice. Mm-hmm. So from, uh, from a business perspective, uh, I mean, again, you, you started the, the original goal was SAS and then you switched to WordPress plugin and then switched back to SAS from a business perspective. Why, you know, you, you meet somebody at a WordPress conference you don't usually talk about launching a SaaS app, even if you're going to build it on top of <laughs> WordPress. Um, you know, in your mind, why why were you focused uh, on SaaS? Uh, well, we knew that the market for this was a lot bigger than just WordPress. Uh, you know, this this is a marketing tool, and there are certainly many, many other people, businesses, companies out there that need marketing tools that don't use WordPress. Um, and so we knew from the start that the market for this would be very large. 
Uh, but obviously choosing WordPress. Now, WordPress is the largest of the content management systems, right? But there's a huge number of websites that don't have a content management system at all. Uh, and then there's a, an even more significant number of websites that don't use WordPress that use a ton of marketing tools that have a lot of marketing needs. So, so we kind of knew from the onset that part of part of the business strategy in the future, even if we weren't able to do it immediately, would be to make sure that our addressable market would be anybody who has a website, which is a lot larger than anybody who has a website on WordPress. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, so let's try and get into the nitty gritty here. So you you launch a SaaS and in those first few months, are you like, are you phasing out the plugin and how do you, if so, how does that affect support? Yeah, so so we you know we made sure to um, identify uh, when when we planned uh, to launch this out. You know, we had some beta testing process um, with people who were already using the plugin. Um, you know, to work out some kinks and things, and then we did an end of life policy on the plugin. Uh, so we gave until the end of that year. Uh, you know, a full eight month eight months mm -hmm. of saying, hey, we will continue to support this. We will continue to provide bug fixes and security updates for it um, and until the end of, I believe it was 2015, you mm -hmm. know, and we made sure to, um, to give our customers uh, ample time, ample uh, updates and notices and things saying, hey, you know, this is, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. There, we have a full migration strategy from the plugin to the uh, SaaS. You know, that's something that we pre-built. We had documentation for how you convert and how you migrate over. Uh, you know, and we said, we'll, we'll work with you to make sure that you can get, you know, everything set up like you had in the WordPress plugin itself. Uh, and so, you know, as far as that, as far as that went, uh, you know, that went you know, as smoothly as you can expect a big change like that <laughs> to happen. Um, but our, our, our support team and documentation team did a really, really good job of, uh, understanding where the user is coming from and trying mm -hmm. to craft their uh, responses and the way they handled it and documentation uh, in a way that's you know like they're they're in the in the user shoes, um, and so I, I think that overall went over very well. And plus, uh, you know, as we continued to add features to the app itself, it just continued to become a more compelling offering than the plugin itself. Right. Uh, and so even people who might've had hesitations to begin with, um, eventually said, okay, you know, like, hey, there's a lot of stuff on this SaaS app that I really want and that I think will be valuable. They've got a migration process, they've got documentation. I know their support is good and can help me out. Uh, so uh, I'll make that happen. And so, you know, we, we, had, um, we had a very successful migration over in general. Gotcha. So does the, does the plugin version still work? Are there, are there people that are still on the plugin version, even though you've sunsetted support for that or, uh, and like how, how long did the switch take? Were, were people waiting up until the very last day to make the switch over to SAS and <laughs> not switching at all or there are certainly always those people that, you know, that take forever um, to be able to do things. It is WordPress but after yeah, all. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are just some people who don't like change. And, and I understand that, you know, change is never easy. Right. Um, and so, you know, certainly there were people 
that way. I, I'm I'm 100% positive there's still websites running the old plugin. Um, I'm 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 fairly certain of that. <laughs> to be clear, the the new platform would work on on a WordPress site still anyway, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, we we launched a uh, a different WordPress plugin that was actually in the WordPress repository and still is, um, the Optin Monster API connector plugin. And so it's you know it's a wrapper um, for pulling down campaigns that you create on our site, um, and it provides a lot of the targeting tools that you would want in WordPress uh, to make things very easy, like page targeting or category targeting or targeting gotcha. by tags or maybe if somebody's logged in or not you know stuff that's very specific to the platform because um, people want that type of targeting and so that that really was a, a a great benefit for us when we launched into a SaaS because we had already been in wordpress and we were wordpress people um, our wordpress integration uh, with the SaaS is second to none you know, like it's it's very strong because because we understand the WordPress space, we understand the WordPress user, we understand the type of targeting that we they want to do, um, and so we're able to provide that um, in in a way that's very valuable. Yeah, can you go into that a little bit more? Like, what are the most important parts of that that connection between the SaaS and WordPress? Yeah, so uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces is is page level targeting. Um, you you want to be able to target uh, your visitors and be able to have that data be meaningful. Uh, you know, being able to have meaningful data is you know way more important than just having data itself. Uh, you know, and so instead of showing the same newsletter sign up everywhere on your site, whereas you have something targeted, let's say you have a category on your site that's uh, specifically related to baseball mm -hmm. uh, and you provide some type of lead magnet or value proposition that's geared towards specifically baseball, then people that sign up for that, you're going to be able to target them a lot better because you know that they're interested in baseball versus right. if your site is about all sports, well, now you've got somebody that signed up for a newsletter and you have no clue if they like golf or if they like basketball, they may, they might not even care about baseball. Um, right. So, you know, so the, the page level targeting piece, category targeting, all of that is, is very important uh, to be segmenting your list and really getting more value out of the people that are that are subscribing. And technically, are you achieving that through the WordPress API or do you have your own kind of technology that you're using to, to make those connections? So, so that's, that's with, uh, you know, we, we just do the checks that WordPress provides is page is category, all those things based on the selections that you choose. And then we output the embed codes to load the campaigns based on that. Now we also have technology in, uh, OptiMonster called the display rules engine, which is very powerful, uh, has some incredibly powerful targeting so that even people outside of WordPress can do the exact same things. Nice. Right, so you can still do page level targeting. Uh, you can do all kinds of different targeting. You can target new versus returning visitors. Uh, you can target users that are using ad block. You can target people by particular geographic location. Uh, you can target people by whether or not they've interacted with another campaign. Uh, you know, it's and the list can go on and on. Uh, so, so it's it's um, it's coupled. So you you can use the display rules engine, and then for that WordPress specific targeting, where you want to be able to target that easily, you have that as well. Yeah. So, effectively, do you have two places where you could do the same thing in WordPress? 
like can you target within the WordPress installation itself and then make those same targeting rules through your like the SaaS targeting Cer- engine? Certainly. Any anything that you target in WordPress, you could target in the SaaS as well. But that's part of the reason why you'd want the WordPress plugin, so you don't have to do that. It's a lot easier. You know, it's a lot it's a lot easier to just point and click on a category or type in a search for a page that's on your website and select that versus having to type it into the uh, gotcha. engine itself. And that's where you find a lot of value in those type of integrations to different platforms. So talking about two different platforms, um, thinking back to when you switched, I guess, back from uh, a plugin to a SaaS, um, you know, what were some of the challenges with uh, with interface and uh, uh, like the onboarding process, for example? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the onboarding process. So so onboarding is important and critical, whether or not you're a WordPress plugin or if you're SaaS. Um, and so we we really had to focus a lot on documentation, uh, you know, really trying to document out the process, making sure that our users got that stuff uh, when they, when they purchased the product, uh, you know, that they were guided and directed to the proper locations, um, that it was clear what actions they needed to take. And so that, that process in particular, um, you know, when we switched from a plugin, uh, to a SaaS really didn't have, you know, we didn't have to really take into account much, um, WordPress folks anymore um, in, in regards to, okay, now they need to download a plugin. Now we need to show them how to install stuff right. uh, WordPress, immediately after which purchase. Is naturally a little confusing anyway for most people. Yeah. So now it's just, okay, I've got my payment. I click a button, I'm in the dashboard and now I've got something telling me, Hey, click here to create your new campaign, you know, and then walking them through the process of what that looks like. And then, you know, providing um, some helpful guided tours, you know, little tooltip tours to help people understand here's how you use things. Here's functionality. Um, here's, you know, once you're done doing everything, here's how you embed it. Um, and, and then in that screen, it can show you, Hey, if you're using WordPress, here's how you can use it with WordPress. We've got an awesome plugin that you can install, you know, using your plugins page, you know, a process that's pretty familiar with any person that's using WordPress, uh, and can get, get connected with your OptiMonster account, easily pull down the stuff that you've created and, uh, do some, some pretty neat targeting with that. Nice. Yes. So it sounds like you have pretty extensive documentation about how to connect Optin Monster with WordPress. It sounds like you don't even need the plugin, uh, the the WordPress plugin, in order to use uh, Optin Monster with WordPress. Um, mm-hmm. But are you still getting even even with even considering those two things? Are you still getting a lot of support requests that are like wondering how to what the best way to connect? opt-in monster to WordPresses or, uh, how, how should they install the plugin? No, you know, m- most of the, uh, requests like that are pre-sales asking if we work with WordPress. Um, and yeah. then, uh, you know, at that point we tell them, yes, we do. We point them to documentation and really because we, you know, again, we're WordPress people, so we understand how the process works. So our documentation for that is pretty solid. And we, we try to keep it updated very regularly, have mm-hmm. a lot of screenshots to try to give people walkthroughs. And generally after that, you know, people are, are pretty set on being able to understand, okay, here's how I get it integrated. Here's the steps, here's the process. Uh, and from there, um, 
you know, of course, there are some people that might be confused or come through and, and have a question. Um, but the majority of people, you know, when they ask that, it's a pre-sale, just wondering if we work with WordPress. And it's at that mm -hmm. point that we can educate them on how we work with WordPress. Uh, and generally from there, they have no issues getting it up and running uh, with gotcha. WordPress. Do you, uh, I guess, thinking about you're now moving away from a WordPress plugin to, to a SaaS app, uh, do you still, are the majority of your customers still on WordPress, do you think? Uh, you know, I, that's, that's a great question. I think, I think we still have a lot of people, um, that use WordPress and, and again, it's very popular. So a lot of people want to choose that and want to use that. Um, uh, but we also have a very large base that's not WordPress, um, I'm that, sure. that have their own, own CMS. Uh, we have a really, really strong customer base that uses Shopify. Um, and we have some really good integration with Shopify. Um, you know, and again, there's, there's a lot of other different platforms that, uh, that people use and people utilize, uh, whether it be custom homemade or, you know, other CMSs like Drupal or Magento, um, that, that we have. So, so yes, we, we do have a, a, you know, a large customer base in WordPress because that's where we started. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's a large mix. Sure. And that's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm wondering now about, I haven't heard anybody specifically or intentionally starting with a WordPress plugin saying, okay, I'm going to capture that market and then I'm going to see if I'm, I can move them to SaaS. Uh, you guys just kind of did it organically. That's really neat. Um, yeah, you know, we get it. We did it organically, and you know, again, kind of out of necessity. But but we also, you know, we had the benefit of having a reputation in WordPress, um, having WP Beginner, um, and and all of that, and previous products in the space where we built a reputation for having uh, good products. So you know, it wasn't a completely cold start in the WordPress space. Um, unlike where it can be in the SaaS space, um, just starting out, which can be much tougher to gain your footing, um, because it's not just a niche where you might know people, but it's, it's a, a much bigger world. Right. And that, that was actually one of the reasons, uh, I was intrigued with covering this topic and why I wanted to do this series, because it's having launched SaaS apps previously, you're I was launching to the entire internet, whereas here, Potentially, there is this this submarket, or at least the WordPress ecosystem, which is a a little smaller. Um, so it's it's interesting to see the overlaps. Um, does WordPress still play a role in the SaaS app now? Is is Optin Monster, you know, the SaaS app built on top of WordPress, or is it uh, freestanding? Uh, no, it is built on top of WordPress. So oh, very cool. It, it is it is powered by WordPress. Um, you know, and so and again with the help with the folks at Pagely, we figured out how to scale it very well. Uh, and and WordPress works very well for us. Um, you know, and there there now there are a lot of things that we do uh, that people would probably call not the WordPress way, but we've done it out of necessity. You know, because. Um, ultimately it's a business decision, you know, and, and we need to do what is best for our business moving forward. Um, and given that we have control of the platform being a SaaS app, if we need to do some things that aren't WordPress E, uh, per se, then that's what we're going to do because it's for the good of the business. Cool. So, um, looking, looking around the WordPress ecosystem, it seems like you're one of the few businesses that's been able to transition from plugin pricing to SaaS pricing. 
how how did you do that? Can you tell us a little bit about the decision making process going into that and how it's affected the business? Any pushback, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, so that's something that we we wanted to do really from from the start, um, but because the WordPress ecosystem and in general payments had not really matured at the time, there weren't really good solutions to do recurring payments or subscription billing. Uh, now you could certainly roll your own, you know, things like Stripe existed back then, um, but there weren't really good solutions to be able to do that. So really the, the SaaS subscription model was actually pretty tough. Um, and so, you know, when we first started, it was just like most other businesses at the time, it was just, you buy, you buy a license and then you get a year of support and updates and then it eventually expires, but it doesn't preclude you from continuing to use the plugin mm-hmm. and we'd send out notifications to be able to, uh, renew your license, but that that is not a that is not a foundation to build a sustainable business. Um, it it even though people might balk at the idea of having to continue to pay for something, um, in the end, if you find a lot of value in this tool that you're using and it's bringing value to your business, you don't want that tool to go out of business. Um, right. and, you know you you want them to stay in business so they can continue to add value to yours. And so we, you know, we, we always wanted to be able to transition to that. Um, so when, when we moved to SaaS, we knew that that was going to be a piece of it. Um, so again, even at that time, um, you know, 2014, 2015, you know, the subscription stuff was still coming into its own. Now WooCommerce had, had begun with, a, I believe it's Pros Press. Uh, they, they had really started to come um, to the forefront of doing a lot of good subscription stuff in WordPress. Mm-hmm. But at the time we weren't using Word, WooCommerce. So, you know, we were a little um, strapped for what we use. So we used uh, easy digital downloads and we took some of the stuff that Pippin had been working on and kind of molded it um, into what we needed it to do. Um, and so now, now some people were not happy, um, you know, about, you know, what do you mean I have to pay every year, every month? <laughs> but I mean, this, this is, this is a SaaS subscription service, you know, like you, you are using our service. Um, so you'll pay to use a service. And when you stop paying, you get, you lose access to that service. You know, it's, right. that's a basic tenant of a, any SaaS app. Um, and so the, uh, the move to that, uh, you know, we, we let people know, Hey, this is what we plan on doing. Uh, this is how we plan on doing it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and again, we, we made that transition. We knew it was going to be good for the business. Um, you know, even though it might've been tough, uh, or it could have been tough, um, for potential new customers, but really we, it was never an issue. Uh, you know, it, it was a non-issue for us. Uh, so there was no, uh, you know, no drop in sales, no anything like that, um, from switching to it. Uh, and again, the more that we updated the application and more value provided, uh, it became that much easier to make that, make that payment and make that initial purchase. Yeah. So do you think, do you have any idea like what percentage of the plugin customers eventually transferred over to the SaaS, at least the active plugin customers? 
Uh, no, I don't, I don't have uh, a number off the top of my head. Um, you know, you know, like, like any, like with any product, there'll be people that, that buy it and they don't come back again. Right. It's just the nature of business. Um, but, but I believe we had, you know, quite a few people, um, come to and, and move over to the SaaS and, and it wasn't like they had to purchase a new subscription. Um, you know, we, we grandfathered people in so that they could continue to use it. Uh, that they could use the SaaS platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we weren't going to do uh, injustice in that regard and say, oh, you just bought this, now you have to buy this other thing again a month later. No. Right. You know, we, we made sure to grandfather people in too so that that transition was much easier. Did you grandfather them in for like the remainder of their year license or like how, what, yes, what was the did. offer? Okay. Yes. What about the lifetime users? They continue to have lifetime access. That's so, you know, we made a promise to them that you buy this and you get it for life. And we we kept that promise and we'll continue to keep that promise. Yeah, it's pretty pretty generous from a, from a business perspective. I'm sure customers, you know, you, they, they might be expecting that. But from a business, that's that's kind of a difficult uh, a difficult thing to offer is is that um, does providing support for them are, are you able from a business standpoint to uh, provide support for them and still maintain the, the margins that you want to maintain? Yeah, you know, and, and again, we, we are we are people first and customer first. You know, our customers are our number one priority. And if if we make a promise to them that, hey, you're going to get lifetime access and you, you get priority support with this, then that's what we're going to continue to do. You know, it's yeah. that that is the good business decision, uh, yep. you know, and, and long that is a good business decision. It's it's always a good business decision to put customers first. And so that's that's what we said we do. And that's what we will continue to do. Gotcha. Have you um, found it different and maybe easier to sell your service? Uh, I mean, before it was a plug in now to SaaS app, but, you know, this awesome functionality there's a lot of talk. There's it's it's challenging in WordPress because uh, in certain camps there's this expectation that everything is free, and there even even for the people willing to pay, there it's established that plugins are a few bucks or you know that kind of thing. Obviously, a dramatic shift to um, even where it's very reasonable pricing, it's monthly pricing. Uh, how have you found it different to to actually be selling this product? Uh, in in these different contexts, yeah. So so from the start, we've always been a premium paid product, um, and that's because we believe that the value that we provided was great enough to warrant people purchasing it. Um, and that and that also come from the idea too. You know, we're a bootstrap company. You know, we don't we don't have funding, nor do we take funding, and so that crazy high growth strategy with a crazy growth curve just doesn't make sense in that context. And, and so, and even when we switched over to SaaS originally, we still only had yearly plans. So we didn't actually introduce monthly billing until sometime after we had uh, launched the SaaS. And I can't remember off the top of my head when that was. Um, so, you know, so we, we the, the, the switch and everything uh, and moving over to that, you know, the, the payments and customers balking at it, it really wasn't too much of an issue because people are already conditioned to expect, I have to pay for this. 
Um, nice. you know, and just, it was just a difference of it's a plugin versus a SAS. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's, it sounds like you, you managed those expectations pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, think, things went well, things went well during that transition. And, uh, and so what about sort of the same question, but with marketing, have you found it different, uh, marketing a, a WordPress specific product to, uh, a SAS, you know, or a, a CMS agnostic product and, and maybe what were some of the challenges? Yeah. So, so from a marketing perspective, um, you know, it's the, you know, we, we certainly have, um, different strategies and things that we employ, but in, in general, um, some of the best marketing you can do is having a great product. Um, so, and having a fantastic, you know, fanatical customer service. And so those things did not change. You know, we, we weren't going to compromise on the quality of the product, nor were we going to compromise on the customer service that came with it. And so, you know, from that aspect, it, it, it should be no different, any product in any space, you know, the, those should always be, um, two tenants, kind of core tenants of what your product does. And, and those work great as a marketing vehicle, right? That's, that's a fantastic way of having your customers going out and talking word of mouth to other people. Hey, you need to try this. It's an awesome product and they provide really good support. Um, but, you know, from a, from a uh, more typical or traditional marketing approach, um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really not that much different. You know, we want to continue to provide great content and educate our customers um, and bring people in through that. So we, you see on our blog, we have regular high quality value adding content um, that's applicable to anybody in the marketing space. Um, and, and that's not only to our current customers, but to potential customers too. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that, uh, that we work to employ that strategy on, uh, any other product, uh, because, because it's anywhere where you have high quality differentiated content, um, that adds value, people are going to be attracted to that. And so right. that's what we, that's what we attempt to do both for customers and potential customers. Gotcha. So we're, I think we're well beyond a half hour now, so we should probably start wrapping up. But before we do, if you could go back and do the transition to SaaS again, is there anything that you'd do differently? Is there anything I'd do differently? You know, I was thinking about this question. And, uh, you know, we, again, we are very fortunate in how, and and the necessity of moving to WordPress, we were able to learn a lot of things about customers and about our market, which helped make the transition to SaaS that much better. And thinking through it, as far as transitions and updates and launches like that, it was really smooth. Um, you know, to, to be such a big change, it went over very, very smoothly. It was almost eerily smooth. I remember sitting back like after that, you know, we'd redone the website and the app was up and nothing was down and you know there's no support tickets or anything coming in I wow think, okay like did we did we do something wrong you know, <laughs> is, is something not working um you know but but that that goes a lot of credit to our team um you know who who again you know we we take our customers very seriously and part of that comes in quality and testing really trying to test and make sure that these things worked well uh mm-hmm. and were implemented well and that really showed up in that launch. You know, it was, it, again, it was almost eerily quiet. Um, it was, but it, 
you know, it, it went over very smoothly. So as, as far as changing, of course, I would have loved to be SAS from the start. Uh, you know, that, that would, that would mm-hmm. definitely be something I would do differently again, if, if, <laughs> if it were possible, you know, do SAS from the start. Um, but in general, you know, we, you know, I think, I think the way that things went and the way that things turned out, I really don't know if I'd change that much. And I think few people could say that. That's great. Well done. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really appreciate all of your insight and uh, uh, wish you guys the best of luck. It's been fun watching the journey thus far, and I look forward to continuing to see how you guys grow. Awesome. Yeah, well, and thank, if thank you, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, at uh, jthomasgriffin. Uh, you can... Uh, head over to any of our product sites, um, particularly optinmonster.com. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So I think it's the best place to find, find with me, connect with me. Or if you're in post status, uh, you can just ping me in post status. So I'm in there as well. Uh, you can find me there. Sweet. Shout out to post status. That's right. All right. Thanks again, Thomas. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it guys. Thank you. That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be, just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.